0: are you ready for some football and football and football and football
1: so there are two two sides of it Uh, what what the fan wants they will say content everywhere uh, on every platform uh, personalization and content that is uh, as much tailored to the single individual as possible
0: That's Andrea Marini, the deputy CEO and group chief commercial officer at Delta Trey, where all the screens are being evaluated and modernized. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Graham Weinstein. Everyone is trying to attract attention to the multitude of various platforms. Getting and retaining that attention, it's not an easy thing to do, but Andrea Marini and his team are trying. And in a little bit, we're gonna talk to Shlomo Sprung from Forbes about a quite unique way that an NBA player is using tokenization to try to leverage his playing contracts now and into the future. But let's start this week with the future of baseball, which as of a week ago was stealing headlines in January for all the wrong reasons. This is one of the most unique Januaries in the history of the sport of baseball, when three managers were either fired or suspended, or both, in the span of a week over a cheating scandal that dates back to the 2017 Astros World Series year, and there's plenty more to come. Bennett Conlin joins us now from the Daily Progress, which is based out of the Charlottesville, Virginia area. And the NCAA is watching this closely, Bennett. What are they trying to do to avoid what would be a potential similar controversy in athletics on the collegiate level?
2: Yeah, so basically they've made a new rule that allows pitchers and catchers to both wear wristbands that will have um, signals or calls on them which makes it you know, almost impossible for a team to steal signs using technology or video just because a pitching coach can give off the sign and they can change the sign so frequently now that they're able to switch out cards and both the pitcher and catcher will quickly, quickly be able to look at their uh, cards on their wristbands and then throw that pitch so they won't have to memorize signs, basically that.
0: Are they the, the only two people on the team that will have access to this?
2: I believe that's correct. I believe it's the pitchers and catchers. Um, I'm not sure in the past how much for the infielders have done it. I know that the the official rule change, though, is that the pitchers uh, will be able to do it. As I know catchers in the past have, have worn it.
0: Were they talking about doing this? I, I would assume that you can't just implement this overnight. Were they talking about doing this before all of the news broke about what happened with the Astros and the Red Sox, etc.? Yes,
2: yeah, so I didn't have a ton of communication with the NCAA during some of this. Um, but I I believe this isn't sort of like an overnight fix like you mentioned. Given the catchers having it for years, part of it is obviously to prevent sign stealing. And some of it too is just with this new system, it makes it very hard to get signals crossed. So if you're a pitcher and a catcher and you get your signals crossed, uh, maybe the catcher's expecting curveball, you throw a fastball, obviously that can lead to some issues. With this system where they're both looking directly at a card, it makes it very hard to do that. So I think that you know, just there's really no reason um, not to implement this. Um, it seems like a positive for both. I think there will certainly be baseball purists who see um, pitchers and catchers looking at like risk cards, like a quarterback calling plays, and they might roll their eyes a little bit, but. It certainly makes sense in today's game to implement this rule.
0: Um, Listen, this is happening on the major league level. I would assume that this stuff is happening on the collegiate level as well. Is there anything, that, as you were researching all of this, did you hear anything that there were some issues with specific teams and technology and sign stealing?
2: So that's really interesting because when I researched it, uh, the NCAA didn't even have like a release out. I couldn't find anything online. I was just having a conversation with Virginia's head coach, Brian O'Connor, about something else. And then since I had him on the phone, I figured I'd ask him about the Astros. And he brought up this new rule that really hasn't been publicized at all. Um, so I looked into it, didn't find much. But I have to think, I have to imagine, you look at the the coverage around college baseball that's sort of grown in recent years Some of these games, whether it's on the SEC network, ACC network. I mean, these games are going to be televised. You're going to be able to see different video footage. It seems like you know, theoretically, you could certainly steal signs. And while there weren't necessarily uh, teams that were jumping out as potential offenders, it's something that I mean, just with the sheer volume of college baseball teams, it's it's doable to steal signs using technology. And I think there's there's a reason for this, and I'm I'm sure there was certainly some stuff behind the scenes um, that I would imagine people had seen and and sort of wanted this implemented to make sure that. It would prevent it, especially to the scale that we saw
0: it in Houston. I mean, listen, we, we've heard everybody has an opinion about what happened here on the major league level, and everybody is, is now becoming very careful with what they're saying about it. Um, you were talking to somebody who's performing at the highest levels, NCAA baseball, but has no skin in the game and what's happening in the other section of the sport. Did, did he give any kind of opinion about what he thinks is going on here and what the future is for dealing with technology?
2: Yeah, so it's interesting. So Virginia's head coach basically said um, that he thought there was no place in the game for what Houston did, the Astros, but he did mention sort of the ability to to scout and and steal signs maybe just within the game, but not with technology. I think most baseball fans and and sort of people that follow the game, they don't necessarily have an issue with somebody at second base if they're able to pick up what a sign is and, and translate that to someone. It's just when you've got the whole video operation going into it, and those different elements and, and different elements of cheating that they certainly want removed from the game. But it's a fine line between stealing signs in a way that is, I guess, you know, approved and then a way hmm. that is cheating. So it's, it's pretty fascinating to follow.
0: Yeah, we're trying to figure that out ourselves. Uh, Bennett Conlin from The Daily Progress, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Up next, Andrea Marini on the future of all of the screens where you watch sports. This is the future sport podcast. Our guest this week is Andrea Marini, who is the deputy CEO and group chief commercial officer of Delta Trey, which is a company that works with leagues, brands, and teams as they modernize the viewing experience in sports. Hi, Andrea. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Bram. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, let me just get a, a just kind of a thirty thousand foot view from from your viewpoint of the sports media um, landscape now. Where is it, and how do you see it? changing over the next two five ten years
1: okay so this is a one billion dollar question yeah so uh i i mean i believe we are we are operating in one of the most uh fascinating and continuously changing uh industry industry in the world uh, what i see um uh, happening in the next uh in the next years, uh, is uh, consolidation of uh, the rights and of the offering to the, to the user, personalization, more and more uh, options to choose. Uh, I personally, I might be wrong, uh, probably I'd be wrong, I personally believe uh, next year we are going to start seeing uh, uh, somehow the end of the bundle and uh, we will see um, leagues in particular, in my opinion, going uh, more and more uh, direct to consumer. Uh, and uh, then other type of bundle will uh, will, will start. But I think uh, the user will have more and more options to choose what they want to watch.
0: You know, it, it, it's interesting because uh, Adam Silver just did a bunch of interviews. Mark Cuban has been open about this with the NBA and they're talking about their ratings going down and they're blaming that just mainly on consumption. Um, By a younger audience, and they just don't watch television the way that they used to watch it. But it's not that people aren't basketball fans any longer. But they also at the same time say things like, listen, these are our broadcast partners, we do value them. So we're kind of in this funny place, right, where the change is happening, but no one seems to know exactly how to give the customers what they want
1: yeah and I mean I, I fully agree with it uh, I'm 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 a very good example of it I'm uh, uh, 33 years old so uh, not that young but not that old I don't have a, we don't have a Tom uh cable subscription uh, but we use a lot here in the U.S. YouTube TV uh, that at the end of the day is um, uh, restream, streaming again uh, normal linear channel so somehow you are consuming it but uh, when I watch the NBA and I watch the NBA almost Every every evening, at the end, I'm consuming, uh, uh, if you want, a traditional broadcast, but on a streaming platform.
0: So do you envision that all leagues are going to go OTT in the near future?
1: Uh, I'm not sure all, but I I believe the big brands and big leagues uh, have the power, uh, the brand... uh, to go D2C, probably at the beginning in in parallel to their traditional broadcasting and media and media rights. Uh, I believe there are new uh, business model in sport uh, uh, that rep- represents the future. One of the best example in my opinion and uh, is a is a partner of us is, uh, is Golf TV. Uh, is an incredible uh, business model. Uh, is PGA Tour. Uh, coming together with discovery selling the rides worldwide and creating a a platform focused on on, on golf uh, that goes beyond uh, the PGA, PGA tour itself but they started acquiring rights in every in every country every golf ride that is uh, available uh, they buy it and from a and from a fan perspective is uh, is amazing you have the power of uh, of discovery uh, with the PGA tour uh, PGA tour brand and I I grew up uh, being a uh, uh, golf fan uh, in Italy and is not the most uh, popular sport in, in my country. In my country there is soccer and then uh, everything else. Um, it was a pain to find uh, to find golf content. Now you have everything in one platform. Uh and it's pretty amazing. Um
0: what do you think of the second screen experience too? We've talked a lot on this podcast about how broadcasters and then companies like yours that are helping advance broadcasters um what do you think it looks like? Is it gambling? Is it gaming? Is it something different than that? What does what the second screen look like for leagues?
1: Uh, again, it's a very good question. I I'm not sure which one is the first or the second screen. Uh, now, you 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 always have a, your, your phone. Uh, you're always looking at your phone. I, I, I'm always looking at my phone even when I'm looking at a movie or doing something, uh, doing something else. I think betting. I agree with you. Will play. Uh, an important role uh, from a second screen, uh, second screen uh, perspective.
0: As for Delta Trey, what do you guys do, and, and how do you work with leagues, teams, brands?
1: Yeah, so we we have uh, four main area of uh, uh, four main area of business: uh, OTT, digital live, uh, and uh, and design. Uh, OTT we provide end to end solution to our clients. Uh, uh, choosing the best uh, that there is on the market and doing if you want a system integration work on top of our uh, uh, core products uh, that are Axis that is a targeting UX uh, uh, solution uh, and tribes uh, that is audience inside testing and uh, scheduling and Diva it is uh, uh, the world most advanced uh, video player and to explain Diva we have now a great example in, in the UK with Amazon and, and the Premier League they introduce uh, the X-ray functionality with all the information data on the user. We have it uh, on our player six since uh, five or six years, and uh, for us, it's been a great testament of the of the validity of our of our product. Digital, easy to explain, uh, uh, web um, web and apps. You might have might been uh, you might have seen uh, uh, the press release we had a few weeks ago on uh, on MLB. So we. Let's say we build and then power and maintain with leagues and federation and right holders uh, their web properties. Live is a bit more uh, um, complicated and is where the company comes from. So we started uh, 33 years ago, uh, gathering time in uh, Formula One, skiing, and athletics, and then we evolved to becoming a digital company. But we still have uh, uh, broadcast uh, at the heart and data at the heart of the company. So our live division takes care of. Uh, data, graphics, broadcast, servicing, uh, enhanced production, um, and officiating, officiating system. And then we have uh, a fourth unit focused uh, on uh, on design. We realized uh, um, month, years ago, that we were uh, doing a lot of UX and design work for our client, and we have a lot of uh, designer, I think, uh, more than 60, 70, and makes uh, as one of the biggest design shop in uh, in the industry,
0: um, you also have an innovation lab in uh, in Italy in Turin. Um, can you talk about what is what is going on there and what you guys are working
1: on? Uh, absolutely. So um, it's funny because the innovation run, lab is uh, run by my my younger brother. So I, I I'm, I'm up to speed with it. And, yeah. uh, um Is uh, so innovation is at the heart of the company. We are where we are because we have been able to innovate. Uh, Successfully for uh, for 33 years, and uh, the innovation lab has three main uh, two, two main functions. The the first one is uh, improving and creating services that then are used by one of the other 40 division, uh, and and the second one is looking at uh, innovating technologies, uh, um, if you want a bit of in a um, imperial way, uh, and then try to apply them in some aspect of our of our of our business. The best example of it. Uh, is uh, now, for instance, uh, uh, they are doing a lot of work on uh, AI and uh, clipping uh, uh, highlights and uh, personalized uh, personalized content that then we can uh, uh, use in our OTT services to improve the, the fan experience.
0: Did the innovation lab coincide with the Olympics being in Turin or, or was that a separate thing?
1: No, it's uh it's a it's a separate it's a separate um it's a separate thing. It's a separate I would be would be amazing to to say it. but <laughs> it is also um the uh, Torino Olympics were in 2006 and we as a company started working in the Olympics in 2008. So uh, even if our quarter was uh, has always been in Torino.
0: Um, so we kind of started the conversation with with kind of the viewpoint of, of what is happening in the industry. I do want to talk about one specific partner that you guys have, which is DAZN, um, that feels like they are kind of game-changing the viewing experience here in America. Um, can you kind of talk about what the partnership is with them and, and how you see them interrupting what has been the traditional broadcast models of sports presentation?
1: Sure. So we have a we have a very good uh, very good partnership uh, with them. We are uh, part of their OTT streaming platform uh, ecosystem. There are uh, uh, various uh, vendors, and uh, we play an important uh, um, role with them uh and uh I, I i mean i'm a big fan of what of what dazon did and uh, and is doing uh not sure uh, if they're gonna be then uh, successful and really revolutionize the industry but i believe uh, uh that is it is it is, is already happening and they are focusing for real in creating a, a better fun and user experience uh giving the possibility to, to the fans to uh, really find all the sports they want uh, in a unique uh, platform, and um, and uh, and someone honestly had, uh, had had to do it. I I was uh, I was uh, I was living in Japan when when they launched uh, the platform uh, in uh, in in Tokyo, and uh, was was pretty impressive in a country that is the most, if you want, advanced country technologically in the world, but a bit late, if you want, from a digital perspective. Uh, they came in and they completely disrupted, uh, disrupted the market and I think the result uh, are uh, speaking for themselves.
0: All right, I'll, I'll leave you with this. So um, broadcasters are coming to you with ideas and you're coming to them with ideas and you're putting it out in the marketplace. What are fans and viewers saying they want more of in their viewing experience?
1: Uh, I would say personalization. So there are two two sides of it. Uh, what what the fan wants, that I will say, content everywhere uh, on every platform, uh, uh, personalization and content that is uh, um, as much tailored to the single individual as possible. Uh, while maybe more from a brand and client perspective is uh, how you reach these fans and how you serve uh, them the content, and these usually they go pretty well together with with the fan experience, but also. Uh, the ability to differentiate your offering from, uh, from the competitor, uh, quality uh, uh, from every point of view, so quality of your platform, but also quality of the service that, uh, that, that you deliver. Uh, doing it in, a fe- in an efficient way, that is one of the most complicated uh, 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 part of the, of the equation. Uh, at the end of the day, we help uh, um, our client Focusing on their core uh, uh, job, so creating content, delivering it, buying rights, uh, providing them with with great technology.
0: Andrea Marini is the deputy CEO and the group chief commercial officer at Deltatray. Thanks for joining us, Andrea.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you, Bram.
0: Up next, how Spencer Dinwiddie is trying to turn his NBA upside into an investment. This is the Future Sport Podcast. take a minute here to thank our friends at 3 Advance. These guys are ranked one of the nation's top app developers, but that's not all. They've helped grow a bunch of sports tech startups like Team Builder, T-Box Tour, and In-Game Fantasy, but they're also experts in user experience, cloud APIs, and artificial intelligence. So if you're looking for a dev partner to bring your future sport tech to life, look these guys up go to 3advance.com. They're the team to make it happen, At advance you will. That's the number 3advance.com, and tell them Future Sport sent you. Under the radar in the negotiation world is one of the most unique back and forths that you will ever hear in sports. And it comes from Spencer Didwitty from the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA. And Shlomo Sprung has been following this for Forbes. Hey, Shlomo, how are you?
3: Great. How are you?
0: I don't want to try to sum up what he's trying to do. So I'm going to let you try to do it since you followed this as he's tried to bring in the idea of tokenization for investors in an NBA contract. Can you kind of explain what's going on here?
3: Uh, Sure. So a lot of NBA players don't have a lot of flexibility with with their contracts. And what Spencer is trying to do is he's trying to secure um, about $13 million up front so that he can invest it in a way that he sees fit and so he can you know grow that money uh, in his way rather than wait for an NBA paycheck. And so he has set up this tokenization plan where he, he has an sd 8 coin where people can invest uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollars each in uh ninety coins, and uh I think he has about a four and a half five percent interest rate and so over you know three years the the investment will grow over time, and Spencer gets his money up front, and then investors will benefit from that bond over three
0: years and and there's what's the risk here for the investor?
3: Well, I mean, the risk is that the NBA could terminate his contract, or he can breach his contract in some way, but his $34 million contract over three years is guaranteed, so the
0: risk is pretty minimal. And for the NBA, what is their reaction to this?
3: Well, what the NBA originally had a problem with was that Spencer was going to try to um, have an option year of his contract, and if he elected to opt out of his contract and re-signed to a more lucrative contract, then the people who would invest in that coin would benefit from the uh, potential extra money from that option year, which the NBA had issues with. And so what they did was take that option year off the table and make it more of a flat kind of a, a business loan in a sense.
0: So this never was going to be a, if I end up getting out of this and getting a massive deal, there's going to be a windfall for investor. This was always just a, almost like a bond fund. The money's guaranteed. I'm going to guarantee you a percentage if you give me the money up front.
3: That's what it is now with the, the potential, what the opt, you know, the, op, the option year of his contract was that they could gain a a windfall if he signs, say, a a max level deal that, that the NBA had an issue with. But the way it's constructed now and the way it's going forward is that it's basically a kind of a flat bond, as you said.
0: Is he the only one doing this, or are you hearing any other players that have interest in trying something like this?
3: Well, in my conversations with Spencer, other players had more interest in kind of let's wait and see what happens kind of thing. So, you know, if a year this works out, there could be players, not just from the NBA, but from the NFL and maybe even in the entertainment world that would be interested in this uh, kind of arrangement.
0: I could see it in the entertainment world. In the NFL, very few contracts are guaranteed. Um, It takes one injury to have send somebody to injured reserve and end a career.
3: Which would make it more appealing for the players to try to get money up front, but it would also make it more of a risk for investors.
0: And what is he saying? Has he revealed what he wants to do with the money up front that he believes would be lucrative enough to pay off the investors on the backside of it?
3: Well, Spencer is more of an entrepreneurial type. He um, well, he has his own shoe in which he, you know, he paints his own shoe design for each game and then auctions off the shoes for charity. So he he's always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm sure he has. Uh, plans in place of what he wants to do.
0: Uh, lastly for you, um, if the NBA really did want to put a stop to this legally, could they? Is he doing anything that circumvents any league rule here by implementing this?
3: Well, what the league was contending with was that the option year was considered gambling. And so they that was kind of a, a red line for them in a sense. Now, the NBA's current stance is they're still reviewing it, but it seems like from Spencer Dinwiddie's camp that they're letting him go through with this.
0: Mm. Uh, It's really fascinating. We'll see if other players follow suit or if he is an anomaly in this and taking a risk like this. Uh, Shlomo Sprung from Forbes, thank you so much. Thank you. Before we go just a few words about the tragic event that took the life of nba legend kobe bryant his daughter gianna and seven others who died in a helicopter crash in calabasas california two days ago at the time of this taping bryant epitomized modernization he entered the nba as a would-be clone of michael jordan but exited with his own identity known as the mamba mentality and his mamba sports academy wasn't just a training center for kids of all ages It included biomechanics, comprehensive sports medicine, and even training in a dojo for self-defense. Ultimately, though, it was his devotion to his daughters and the pay-it-forward mentality that feels like the real loss here. And while that may be old-fashioned, even in our modern times, has and never will go out of style. That will do it for us this week. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance.com. They're incredible. Go to 3advance.com. That's the number 3advance.com.